Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. Happy Friday, Emer, or should I say Happy Friday 13th? Are you superstitious about today, Emer? Yes and no. Uh, no, not really. No, um, no. but I would be <laughs> I'm kind of superstitious about, you know, uh, what you might have uh, on order for today as it is Friday the 13th in regard to your new slot, the digital giggle. How come you've got a slot and I haven't? Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm special. Maybe I'm just. I, I, I think uh, I'm maybe, talking to. No, maybe, maybe, I'm the super, maybe I'm the superstar of the show. <laughs> Excuse maybe I do, maybe I just need to have a job to do because you're you're such an, an excellent presenter, you know. Oh, uh, really, really, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- yeah. I think, I think so. Did you walk under a ladder there or something? Did you? Uh I went past a black cat. Maybe you know. I don't know. Oh, okay, right for now. <laughs> but don't worry, Emer. You know, you, mm-hmm. you should be you should be used to these awful jokes by now. We've been doing them for two years, but you know, as that's it is, awfully long. You know, it is. But listen, mm-hmm. as it is Friday the 13th, I did find out some very interesting facts about today. Now, did you know that a fear of Friday the 13th is called, and apologies for this pronunciation, but it's called Frigatriscaidacaphobia or Parascaphidacatriphobia? Okay, uh, can you spell that? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But Frigatriscaidacaphobia comes from Frigg, the Norse goddess of wisdom, after whom Friday is named, and the Greek words triskaidika, meaning 13, and phobia, meaning fear. So there you know. I have lots of that. I know, that was some pronunciation. I have lots of that. I've been practicing that all week to pronounce that. I bet you have. I, I, I don't even think I can go there. You know? <laughs> so, uh, and do you know who was yeah. born on Friday the 13th, Emer? The master uh, of suspense. Of go on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. I, my dad loves all his movies. So, um, yeah. yeah. Actually, his first movie, if I recall, was number 13. I think it was called number 13. All oh, right. Okay. That's, uh, yeah. And I'm certainly think, you know, there's another movie that uh, would be relevant to you when it comes to your social media jokes is The Man Who Knew Too Much. Yeah. There you go. Or in my mm-hmm. case, too little, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> too much, too many jokes. You know yes. yourself, intent. Huh? Yeah. But do you know that Friday the 13th actually inspired one of the highest ever grossing film series called Friday the 13th, popularized by the character Jason Voorhees, who's this uh, this killer that goes around in a ski mask. I've got high appropriate at the minute with COVID now. I know. Um, That's so weird. You know, and... It is on that scary note that it, it is that, that time again. And you know what time it is, Emer. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. It's the digital giggle. Red alert! Red alert! Go on. Go okay. on. Well, listen, you know, I wanted to get a Friday the 13th themed joke. And I got one actually mm-hmm. around uh, around the character Jason. So, Emer, what would be the results if you cross Jason with a box of breakfast cereals. I haven't a clue. A cereal killer. Oh, God. <laughs> Terrible. Can I, can I, 
file M for murder or something, can I? Because like, you know, this is that. You're going to haunt me for, until the end of the show for that. Man, you know? that, that um, joke just slayed you, didn't it? It did. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I am, yeah. I'm just looking for, uh, you know, uh, an exit the out of here. Room. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, an escape route, yeah. So as ever, as I would say, if you find today's social media joke, digital giggle, whatever joke, um, anyway, engaging, I would love more of them. You are so in luck. You can catch Philip's previous jokes and indeed our other shows by hopping on to the Let's Get Social podcast on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, and the Dublin South FM website. So do, as I always say, speed through the first three minutes and you'll be grand. Do not speed through those first three minutes. There's nuggets of comedy gold there. Okay, you keep telling yourself that, you know, I, I am okay. convinced you hit your head on the ladder uh, going past the, the black hat. But anyway, um, so today we have a really special guest, Philip. Um, I hope she's not superstitious. Anyway, uh, well, we are joined here by Mar- that joke. Mar- <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. She might have liked it there. Yeah. We are joined by Marsha Wright, CEO of Promo Nation, is a well-known serial entrepreneur, marketing and business expert and influencer. I wonder if you influence her with your joke. Probably not. not. She launched the agency to leverage all her skills, contacts, deals and marketing engines so that brands and businesses can tap into it and gain significant exposure and touch new leads to grow. She has over 50 million monthly views of her social shares and 500,000 plus loyal fans worldwide. I I know you're one of those, Philip. Mm -hmm. In addition, her regularly viral trending social media movement, hashtag Think Big Sunday with Marsha has over 6 million hashtags shares now that's something special i have to say absolutely and she's famed for her british no-nonsense approach which we love we like no nonsense Mm. marcia believes in the power of Mm -hmm. strategic relationships that have created trillions of dollars in countless industries worldwide she's a number one international best-selling author of the successful business book the secret collaborative economy more clients more exposure more profit faster which is now out in its second edition so, without further ado, welcome to Let's Get Social, the real Marsha Wright. Hello. Thank you, guys, for such an auspicious uh, introduction. Lovely. Thank you very much. You're very it's welcome. It's great that you're here. I wanted to ask you, <laughs> to ask you, Mar- Marsha, how do you read our head of the digital gigger? Did, did he actually convert you? I am going to use the serial killer joke. <laughs> well, there you I'm go, you see. To do it. <laughs> There you go. See, that that's the true test. Because I, I do love riddles. And when you said that one, I was like looking up at the air and I was thinking, hmm, something <laughs> to do with 13. Something mm. to do with serial killer. Drat. That was, I should have known. I should have. Well, he does. I always say God loves a twyford, but there you go. Yeah. But anyway, Marsha, we will uh, move things along before he gets another idea by telling you another joke. Um, it's great to have you. Um, we'd yeah. love to say uh, it would be great if you could share with us a little bit more of your journey. And as I say, the real Marsha Wright. Oof, gosh. Well, um, I'll try and give you a little bit of a whistle stops tour. I feel like I've lived probably five or six lifetimes and I'm still only 39. Wow. Um, okay. So, uh, from the younger element, I mean, my first little business, uh, or foray into business was when I was about seven years old and I was selling, um, we were on our way to school and I'd be buying like, you know, the penny sweets, mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, selling those, put them in bags and then selling them on the playground. Um, I got a little bit older, 13, started a little graphic design business in, um, in Southall in London. And, um, 
you know, just kind of do it from from school because I I was I was one of the, you know those kids you hear about and they can't keep still and they think they know everything. I yeah. was one of those. Wow, but it was yeah. really really bright, but my teachers didn't really know how to take me because. I, I just, ha- I knew too much too early. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and so I had ants in my pants. So I, I actually ended up being put into, um, college when I was a year earlier. Um, I kind of got kicked out of loads of schools cause I just had a terrible attention span. I really just like things being done quickly and yesterday, uh-huh. which really suits as an entrepreneur, certainly at least when you're starting something up. Uh-huh. And, um, when I was, uh, about 20 years old, I had, um, just had my first experience of having a business that I had started, which was doing resumes. Um, I had decided to close it. I'd just gotten married. Um, and I just wasn't making enough money. It was a lot of work. It took a lot out of me, but Mm -hmm. it was really good experience starting from 17 years old. Yeah. I was 20 running that as a business. I had my own office when I was 18. Um, you know, I was paying, I think it was like, I don't know, 150 or 200 pounds a month, something like that for a little office, Mm -hmm. customers and stuff like that. And, you know, it was just really good. It was a great experience to start things off. Um, And when I closed that, I really felt kind of uh, not for sticks because I felt like I don't have a business anymore. I don't have a job. What am I going to do? Who am I? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So used to being an entrepreneur that, uh, you know, the idea. I'm still asking that, Marsha, you know. Yeah, I know. know. You ask it every every three years or so. Why Why am I doing this? (laughs) Why do I do this to myself every year? I know. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so when I was, uh, you know, like I say, I just got married and, um, my, um, hubby, uh, was, um, doing well in his job. So he kind of said, you know, just take a year off and try and figure out what you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. I read a book, um, that really helped kind of get my head back into the, um, into the right mindset. Not everybody's cup of tea, but it, it's definitely one of the books that helped me at the time, which is called retire young, retire rich, um, by Kiyosaki. And, um, that really gave me a, a, a new, impetus to say, okay, well, look, I can do something. I can, um, start something fresh. And within a couple of years, um, I started looking into property investment and other, um, deals and things like that, and ended up starting to do mentoring. And, um, I started a mentoring organization in London, um, in circa 2004. 2005 Mm -hmm. and um, really started mentoring entrepreneurs, mentoring um, property investors, um, doing different services for them as well. And that really was my initial foray into um, the martial right you see today. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I built a lot of experiences um, in my uh, career. I mentored well over to, I think two to 3,000 I stopped counting about 2,800. So around 3,000, 3,500 entrepreneurs, um, small business owners, et cetera, with different programs. Um, and I, I, I can probably go on to this a little bit later, but the key mm. thing for me was I really love sharing practical advice, practical. Oh, I'm the same. Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah, I was going to say, you sound to me that you were like a younger and much prettier version of Sir Alan Sugar then. Would I be right? Yeah. Definitely. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, you, you get that little, you've got that little something in you. Cause you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not mm. very, I'm not 
typically I've had to learn a bit more patience, but mm. I'm not really by nature a very patient person. So mm-hmm. I don't really like relying on people to, um, you know, to, to give me something that I can't get myself if I yeah. use my own resources or my own smarts to try to learn it or to get it. And, and so I, I never really did well when I tried to go on long courses, which yeah. I mm-hmm. did try. I didn't do really well because I wanted to learn everything yesterday. I learned by doing. And the so same. Really fast. Yeah. You, know? you guys could be long lost sisters, I think, the way you're uh, it's, speaking. It's sounds like that. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> um, no, I, I think, you know, I, I think, you know, there's so much emphasis. Like I, I have like a, a daughter who's in a university and she's learning Chinese, right? I couldn't do that in a heartbeat because I'm not a theory person. Right. She loves very very academic. I'm, I'm a doer, you know, not a, you know, I'm not somebody who could sit and, you know, read reams and reams. Yeah. I, I, I learn by visually, you know, same, um, same here. I'm very, very visual and also auditory. One thing I learned about myself is consuming information because I have such a, a zest for learning. Mm. Um, I just want to do it in a classroom. So I've learned a lot of things in my career and hopefully people haven't switched off because I haven't told them the interesting parts yet, but you know, no. <laughs> uh, you know, the, <laughs> the key things that I learned is, um, my brain works really, really fast. And I didn't realize that most other people, certainly those who are encountering, didn't have the ability to do this thing that I do. So let's say, for example, I can speak to somebody and they can say, this is a problem I'm facing in my business. I'll ask a couple of questions. And within seconds, I've got a whole strategy for their business. But it then takes me time to articulate that and then help them to implement it and all that kind of stuff. But in my brain, I can see the whole picture within a few seconds. And um, I started to realize how quickly my brain moves. So I started testing myself. So I I love listening to audio books. I don't know if you guys like audio books. Yeah. Audio books and podcasts. More so than maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, if you like podcasts and for your listeners who like listening to audio, this is something I want you guys to test. It's something I did. I don't have a course or a program or anything like that on this. It's just something I personally learned about myself, which it really, really makes me feel like I'm very smart and I don't have any Mm -hmm. university Mm -hmm. degree, so I'll take whatever I can. Okay. So this is what it is. You play an audio. Um, You can do this with YouTube, get two audios at the same time. You um, keep one on pause. You press play on the first one and you keep that running at one speed. Okay. The normal speed. You listen to it. You get the cake in not two people or conversation mm-hmm. and you listen to that for a few moments and then you speed it up. You get it to one point like, you know, 25% higher, which you can do on YouTube video by pressing the gearbox and click mm-hmm. speed and then go to the point where you can get it to 1.75 or two times faster. So you start listening and then your brain actually picks up like you're speaking to somebody who in a foreign language or um, still speaking English, but in a really, in a part of the country or part of, um, you know, part of town mm-hmm. where they talk really fast. Mm-hmm. It, it literally goes in your brain like that. And then you can speak, slow that one down slightly. And then your second audio, you can get to a point where you can listen to both of them at the same time and grasp what's happening. And I started doing that while studying, learning about marketing, learning about business, learning about Mm -hmm. different elements of things that I want 
wanted to learn and just stretching myself and realizing that my mind is my strongest, most important mm-hmm. tool. And mm-hmm. that's what I need to always keep developing, keep in mind my goals, what I, what it is that I want to, um, where I want to get to and what that looks like and how I'm going to feel when I get there. That's important for me. And, you know, that's one of the things that led me to um, semi-retirement at age 32. And now at the point where I can travel um, the world, obviously I left a little bit out because I'm conscious of how much I'm talking, but, um, you know, just really being able to get to a point where you can visualize what you want and just understanding that you need to stretch you to get there. That's what it takes. Well, I agree. You know, I mean, if you, if you don't try and improve yourself each day, you know, you're not going to, it's just not going to benefit your business. It's not going to benefit you as a person and it's not going to benefit the end result. You know, you need, that's why, you know, especially when you're like, even with like social media, there's something every day to be checking out and, you know, reviewing. And uh, when you say Philip, you know, in that regard, so that you can, you know, um, be a better version of yourself that you were yesterday. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you kind of, it's a famous saying, if you, if you keep doing the same things over and over again and expect a different outcome, it's a bit crazy. You know, you, you have mm. to kind of push your comfort zone and certainly yeah. from listening to you there, Marsha, like a couple of things struck me that one, you, you constantly push your comfort zone and your boundaries and you're also mm-hmm. extremely curious, which I think are very important for entrepreneurs and business owners to be curious about how things work, you know, how maybe they can't do something right now, but if they look into it and maybe dip their toe in the water and maybe push that kind of the boundary to step outside what feels comfortable, that then suddenly new learnings happen. Would that be fair to say? Definitely. I think that's a really great point there, Philip. Um, I think that as people, we get into this um, rut a lot of the time where we, you know, you get a lot of experience on something and then you just keep doing the same things for many, mm-hmm. many years. We do it in relationships. We do it with our own self. We do it with our own self care. We do it with our health, every area of our lives. And I just think it's really important to kind of shake it up because how does your brain know that something's changed unless you literally go out of your change, move things around, get things to be different, change up your health focus, change up your, you know, the kind of things you, the way that you you structure your time, um, you know, whatever it takes, just, you know, as humans, um, we have anywhere between, uh, I think it's, uh, 50 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And out of those thoughts, uh, 90% of them are the thoughts that we thought the day before or in recent days before mm-hmm. they're wow. repetitive. Yes. And so if our thoughts are not changing, our environment will never change. And I think for me, the the thing that actually made a big difference is I had some mentors and I had some, some key things that made a big difference. But if I had all those mentors and I had success and I had, um, you know, achieved all these great hadn't done this one thing, which is really look at myself and say, who is the me I really want to be? What does the business me look like that I want to be? What is the health me? What is the wife me? What is, what do I want to look like? You know, what, what do I want to be proud of? And if I'm not matching up to that, it's not a comparison with anyone else. I compete with no one. Mm. There is nobody on this planet. I want to be more like than my best self. And I'm not her yet. Yeah. So I know what that looks like. And that's what I want to always keep striving to. And I want to encourage people who are listening. Don't just take it kind of as some motivational. I'm not a motivational speaker. I just talk what I know. I say what I know. 
Mm. That if you change, if you want your life, your business, your income, your 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 world to change, there's a lot in this world right now we can't control because of the pandemic, because of all kinds of other things that are going on. There's a lot we can't control, but what you can control is what goes on in your head. That's the one place you've got absolute autonomy of. Mm. You know. Yeah, and I think like I think you're a living, breathing example of that. You're a living. You're as they say, you're kind of talking the talk and walking the walk at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, like something that really kind of drew us to wanting to connect with yourself, Marsha, and hear your story is you've got this incredible community that you've built of real engaged fans. You obviously have your hashtag Think Big Sunday with Marsha. Could you tell us how how that all came about, what you have learned, and I suppose maybe the mistakes that businesses make when it comes to the all-important community building? Definitely. All right. So for anybody who's not familiar with what Think Big Sunday with Marsha is, um, I have this event. It runs on um, Twitter. It's a hashtag. Mm-hmm. And it runs 36 hours every weekend, starts on um, uh, from Saturday evening in the UK um, or GBP, um, GMT hours and um, runs right through till um, Monday early morning because mm-hmm. um, it runs by American time and all the rest of it. Anyway, six, sure. it runs on a Sunday, just to put it that way. Okay. And essentially, it's people share a positive quote. It's best when it's an image but they can do written positive quotes as well. And as long as they include that hashtag, think big Sunday with Marsha, which will come up if you start typing it, it will come up in um, Twitter. Um, And as long as you use that, I will retweet you. I have over 500,000 followers. I do it absolutely for free. It's been running for this year will be seven years. It literally predates the Monday motivation hashtag. It's that old. Wow. Wow. Um, You know, so... And I, I don't know, I have a sneaky thought that maybe Monday Motivation was somehow motivated by the Think Big Sunday with Marsha because it, it used to trend a lot um, around that around that kind of time. But I, I really love um, being in this space of, of being positive and I understand that there's a lot of negative people around and sometimes you can't control the people you are around. So it's really important to just control what goes on in your head. And, um, you know, when I hear about people who have... Uh, you know, really being suffering emotionally, mentally, uh, their business is not doing well, or they've lost a family member, or they're suffering with depression or whatever. And they're like, this is the only thing that's keeping me from from committing suicide. When I'm hearing that mm. from something that I started because I was sick, that's how it started. I was ill and I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I couldn't, the tests were not saying what was wrong with me. And I had no energy. I couldn't walk. I would, um, sometimes I would wake up and I couldn't even call my husband for help. I couldn't get out of bed. Wow. Um, all I could do is muster a grunt. If he was walking past the door, hopefully he'd hear me. It was, I was that exhausted, that mm-hmm. mashup. Mm-hmm. And, um, we eventually found out what it was and I was able to, um, to get the vitamins and the different things that I needed to help me with that problem. But the week before, became the hashtag it is now I basically started sharing some positive quotes on Twitter because I'm like oh everybody likes positive quotes I'll get yeah. some retweets right I, I'll shame I will say it with no shame I was thinking I'll get some retweets if I put out some quotes yeah everybody that's a hint okay um and then <laughs> uh, and then um the following so I got some nice retweets but I was really tired so I went to sleep the following week um I was like, okay, let me do this again on the Sunday. But this time I was so tired that I couldn't 
do all the posting myself. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, Hey guys, I think by then I had about 130,000 followers, something like that. And I said, Hey guys, if you will tweet with this hashtag, something positive, I'll retweet you today. Mm-hmm. And it happened. And then they, they, everybody started sharing it. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And then mm-hmm. people were like, oh, I really love it. That was fun. You should do that again. I was like, yeah, I think I will. Um, and, and it really was an accident. I didn't really kind of go into it expecting to start something that would have, um, amassed billions of social media impressions. Mm. I didn't have that in my mind when I started it. I just wanted to do something that was positive and I wanted to engage with my community. And so, um, the following week did it again, had more pickup the following week after that. And by week six, I think we started to trend. So Mm. it was like, uh, you know, and I didn't know that we were trending. Somebody was like, Oh wow, you're trending. And then I went on the trends and I was like, I don't even see me. Why are they lying? (laughs) (laughs) They just said that. that. Why isn't it there? And it was like, Oh, we're trending in that country. That's why. Uh, there was like all the, the, you don't need to, uh, you don't only have to trend worldwide to trend. You can trend in a particular city, you yeah. can trend in a particular country, etc. So we started getting reports that we were trending from like six weeks in. Mm-hmm. And um, what really added to the secret of that, if I can share a couple of little bits, if anybody wants to start. Sure. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's the time that you're tweeting, the amount of people of tweet that are tweeting, how many people are tweeting. Do not fabricate it by pumping out loads of tweets on your own hashtag Mm -hmm. on multiple accounts that you control because Twitter will know and they can shut you down for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's really important that you work on a community. So work on a collaboration, get some people together who serve a similar audience and say, look, let's do this big Twitter event and we're going to do blah, 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 whatever it is that you're going to do. And what you want to leverage is people's desire for it, for belonging, especially now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or validation. The validation was really great because of the retweeting. I was basically saying, look, as long as you keep it clean, you know, no, 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 nothing socio-economical, um, nothing um, religious, political, nothing political. Yeah. 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 Nothing political, that kind of stuff. Just keep it clean, keep it positive and mm-hmm. I'll retweet it. And it got so big that we actually have a team of uh, four or five, uh, six, six people who mm-hmm. are on the team who actually are manually looking at each tweet and retweeting it every weekend. And some of the wow. members in the team have been with us for like three, four years. So it's, it's just, it, it's a, a real labor of love. Um, to to be able to run it and don't take that for granted you know a lot of people try to start a a community and they might want to start a hashtag they might want to start an event but they kind of give up after a couple of weeks they're like oh it's got no traction traction takes longer than two three weeks you know start seeing where you're at in six weeks in 12 weeks that's when you're going to see where the traction is it's not going to come quickly um and you know anything that's worth doing doesn't come quickly also things that are not worth doing take ages too so you have to be able to know when to cut it and run and when to be able to keep going with something if you can get people on your team who and they don't have to be in your employment but if you can get people who want to collaborate with you then you'll know okay this is something that actually might have legs and you say to them look we'll do this. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it as a series and you leverage and you don't just try to take from people. I think that's one of the the problems that people have when they try to build a community, they're focused on what they can get instead of what they can give. If you focus on the give way more than the get, I know money is important. I know 
there are all kinds of priorities, but if you focus on what you can give and how you can give people a feeling of belonging of validation. And the third one I was going to say was unique experiences. If you can take those three without you BSing yourself that your Fandango widget really will do that. If it won't do that, you have to think about what can make it sexy and exciting and, and vibrant and make people want to tell their friends about it. And that's what happened. It just became more and more viral. Mm. It's it's an amazing story. Like like I do think to give to give yourself real kudos, Martian credit was that because there'd be business thinking, oh, that's great. Now we'll just start a hashtag. And we'll mm. be like Marsh. But I think what what you proved was the fact that obviously you engaged with your community. You yeah, know, you, you built a relationship. You know, which I think is a big mistake many businesses make. They think that if they just post something but never engage or get involved with the community yes, it'll still happen you know it um, work. I was insanely Philip I was insanely involved in communicating with my audience mm-hmm. I would respond to messages if I retweet somebody somebody sends some look, the way I look at it is um people matter right yes take away money take away all of that when we're all you know old and gray and on our deathbed the money doesn't really matter. I mean, it matters to who you're going to leave it to, but it really doesn't yeah. matter to you in that moment. Mm-hmm. People matter. And if you can look at it as though every time somebody, when you see a tweet or somebody tweeted you or somebody sent you a post on Facebook or, or Instagram or wherever, <clears throat> when somebody has actually taken the time out of their day to look at what you wrote and then reply to it, mm-hmm. And say something fun or witty or give you a gift in return or respond back. You have to think you're not that important. What's important is that person, you made an impact enough for them to respond and say something to you. And what I found is that a lot of people do not communicate with influencers because on the most part, influencers do not respond. So as a result, I kind of, I think this kind of came from me growing the way I grew up and, um, you know, kind of being around the popular girl. I was the funny one, but I wasn't the pretty popular girl. So I kind of, I know how you feel. When I became a popular girl, um, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're there. I just think you're being a little bit, uh, you know, modest. But, oh, when, you. I became, when I became more popular, it, I actually went out of my way to keep thinking, what was it like when mm. I wasn't and how did I feel? How would I feel in this situation if I wasn't me? And I think a lot of the time companies lose touch with the human element of what they're trying to do. They read all the articles, do great storytelling, think about long tail marketing, do this, do that. And they just forget to be people, you know, don't just don't write copy and, you know, all these things. Just, just be a human for a second and think that person decided to write to me. Let me tell them, hey, thanks. You really mean a lot to me. Thank you for taking the time to do that. Do you know what you do to win somebody over, to to help making them a lifelong fan just because you took a time to respond? And you don't do it just because you want to do that. You do it because it's the human thing to do. Yeah. It's a bit like I say, it's like, you know, if somebody goes the bother of writing, as you say, to you, whatever, isn't it lovely to say, thank you very much? It's like like getting a gift. 
yeah cheers you know it's, it's just like that and I think in terms of the community building a couple other things that I can say do it for the right reasons mm. um, making an impact only works with velocity so you you can start on your own but you can't get to virality on your own so it's you know there's a few you know flash in the pan opportunities but if you want to build something that has um, the ability to, to operate for many years and continue to be valuable I've got people who become clients of my business is because of Think Big Sunday with Marsha. That's mm-hmm. not why I started it, as I've already explained. Yeah. But that's my product of it because people build no like and trust. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'll say that again: no like and trust. And the problem is when companies try to build community, they try to jump to the trust part and skip right into the pay me part yeah. and yeah. don't do the no and like part. And that's really important. Yeah. I mean, that's why I probably like uh, you know. Um, I don't know if you've seen, um, Marcia, Philip has started, started to harness reels and uh, people get to know how bad a dancer he is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they get to like how bad a dancer he is. Yeah, I reeled them in, Marcia, with the shake you of the hips. You, know. you reel them in with your humanity. That's what it is. Yeah. No, I was going to say just really bad dancing, but anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, as I say, you know, um, all businesses are on social to try and grow their business. And they're trying to encourage more leads. And uh, I, I think sometimes people don't always do it the right way. You know, um, what would you suggest, as I say, businesses should be doing right now to encourage their target audience through their sales funnel? I know it's kind of sounds quite cold, but there are probably nice ways of doing it. Um, yeah, look, the reality is everyone listening to this quite likely is a business owner. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to feel that I'm kind of just saying all these fluffy things. Mm. The reality is I'm focused on my bottom line for my business as well. I, yeah. that's really, really important to me. And when, for example, in, um, in one of our businesses, we really spent, and I mean, an inordinate, it, oh man, it was a disgustingly inordinate amount of time mm-hmm. we spent on really just honing in the sales funnel. Yeah. Because what we were having in that business is we were having a lot of inquiries and the inquiries that were coming in required too much time to mm-hmm. nurse. Um, you know, you guys um, are, are both in the agency world, I believe. And the yep. reality is that the majority of people who are small business owners who are doing consulting, for example, are spending a lot more time pitching than mm-hmm. they are actually selling um, and closing deals. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it, you know, I was talking to one of my, um, I do have a few um, consulting clients that I advise. I don't take on a lot. I'm very picky, but I do have a few advice. And when I was talking to you recently, I was saying, look, the problem is you have to productize what it is that you, that you are offering so that you can spend less time explaining it Mm-hmm. Build your explainers, build your FAQs, build all of that stuff. So it makes it easy for people to be able to go and just see everything that they need to see. You have to think about um, the sales process, right, in mm-hmm. in this way. And um, I'm just going to pull up one of the, I didn't know I was going to do this, but hopefully I can just kind of pull this up because I think it would be really useful. But there's a, a model that we use um, internally that I think would be really helpful. And what we are looking at is 
um, A, you're looking at your target personas. So really understanding who it is that you want to target. That's a that's the first point. Sometimes people start a business and say, oh, I just want anybody who is blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You've got to own it right down. Think about who it is that you want to sell to. Even if there's loads of different types of people that you can sell to, mm-hmm. focus on one or two. If you've got enough staff, then you can do more. But if not, focus on really building out who you want to sell to um, just really, really as small as, as you can. Mm-hmm. And then after you've done that, what you want to do is you want to start thinking about, um, okay, what do we, what's our first goal? Cause if you, if you want to, um, say, okay, let me give you an example. Let's say I said, all right, this month I need to make 30,000, right? Mm-hmm. So my goal is not going to be this month. I want to make 30 grand from a starting, from a stopping start. Right. Mm-hmm. My goal is going to be last month is when I'm looking at, okay, I want to do this campaign. This campaign is going to last for three months, right? Mm-hmm. And campaign is going to have loads of different levels to it. Now, the first part I want to go for is the lowest hanging fruit. Low hanging fruit. Let's say you're starting from no marketing. You've got nothing. You've got nobody. You've just got a few people on your database and that's it. Link up with the people who actually have the target market you want to sell to. Because if you focus on just selling to individuals as opposed to building relationships with people who actually have the customer base that you want to get, offering them an affiliate commission, Mm -hmm. um, building some kind of collaboration where it's mutually beneficial in some other way, these things are going to be super valuable to your business. So your goal has to be, okay, Where's my low hanging fruit? What can I do? Make a list of your low hanging fruit. Um, Then you start looking at, okay, who have I tried to sell to in the past and they didn't buy, but they were really interested previously. That's your next list of people that you want to start targeting. Okay. Then you want to think, okay, so who did I um, sell? Who did I talk to? We got on really well. They're not really a customer, but they might have some connections for me. That's your next list to write. And then you start looking at this plan and then only when you've got enough traction with those areas where you're going, your low hanging fruit, your, you know, your, the, the secondary people that you can start targeting, et cetera, all that. That's when you start going for what, where's the next, um, the, you know, my socials and stuff like that. Cause your social media Unless you're selling a, an impulse buy item, majority of the people I think are going to be listening are people who need to build relationships and who need mm. to build that know, like, and trust. And that know, like, and trust is is really easy to build if you don't try to be too slick about it. Yeah. You know? If you're on every platform, um, you know, it's just not going to come off right. You know, yeah, totally. No, I would say be on the platform that your your target audience is on. Number one, right. exactly, exactly. And the other um, element that I wanted to um, share because I I primarily focus on um, Twitter because I feel like Twitter is the single cheapest platform mm-hmm. to get directly to your target market without algorithmic annoyances. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, 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 (laughs) Twitter is a beautiful, beautiful beast. If you know how to do it, how to use it, it's a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing. Um, I wanted to give a couple other little, um, practical, um, steps, five practical steps about being able to get people through your funnel. So, um, the first one is CAGI, which is create awareness and generate interest. That's your first step. 
Okay. Yeah. Create awareness and generate interest. And that's where you want to, you know, put things out there, little breadcrumbs that if people are looking into you, they can find stuff. That's your outreach. That's your social media. That's articles. That's blogging. That's video stories. Um, you know, that's doing a social media movement, creating lead pages, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And then, um, you got to think the next stage is where you start building on, um, what's called the crop brain versus is benefits because when somebody starts to get a little bit interested in what it is that you're doing their crop brain the part of their brain that says danger danger goes wild yeah and you're communicating your product with your you know your upper neocortex is a really great book called um pitch anything by oren claff k-l-a-f-f um oren o-r-e-n And um, this book does an an amazing job at explaining how to be in a position of strength in every sales situation. And I I have our salespeople read it. Anybody who's on our um, sales department all read that book. We actually have a study program internally against that book. It's that good. Um, And the crop brain is, is where their brain is saying, all the, what are all the reasons for me to not do this? And that's the part of the brain that they come to you with, but you're communicating your offering with the mm-hmm. most eloquent information and they're receiving it with the, I'm looking for the lie. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the reality what's the catch? Is, is <laughs> yeah. What's the catch, right? Yeah, so yeah. if you can understand as a salesperson and as a business owner, that everybody who you encounter, who's thinking about your product has that there, even if they're the most excited person, it only takes one or two twinges of that crop brain for them to turn it into a, I'm going to run and scarper. So your crop brain versus benefits is step two in the sales process. And this is where you're going to have loads of stuff that they can consume without talking to somebody because people don't like to feel like they're being convinced. They like to feel they've come to an answer or an information themselves. So you create journeys on your website or in your tools or whatever that help them to get through that to the point where they start using their upper brain to, to reason as opposed to their crop brain. So you want to do videos, you use reviews and testimonials. You want to, um, you know, think about, uh, you know, new opportunities that are in your existing business, tell them, um, how it can work with their existing situation and how it can further improve it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because everybody wants their life to be a lot better and they want to solve that problem and move on. And if you can do that and you can do it easily for them, it's a win-win. It's the easy part, Ema. That's exactly the point. Mm-hmm. And you want to try to make sure that your customers can, your, your potential customers, your prospects, whatever, get yeah. to see how is this going to make my life easier. Yeah. And so you want to kind of present that stuff, but you present it in a way that they can consume it without talking to you directly, mm-hmm. because that also saves you time and you're very time poor as an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. So you want to allow that to happen. And if they're not ready yet, that's okay. Your system, your, your, you know, your email system, your, your, all of that should be able to take care of that, but you should Mm -hmm. be able to get people who get in that point and they start seeing the benefits more than they do the crop brain stuff. Like that's, uh, you've made an interesting point, which kind of, I think is a nice segue into, into this because you have a fantastic quote, Marsha, where you said in business, it's the little things that matter. It's how your staff Mm -hmm. answered the phone how you address someone in an email, how yeah. you put their needs before your agenda that counts. Like, are you finding that customer service, whether it be traditional or via digital channels, 
our business is getting better because I suppose if you mess up at that, that customer service, you further kind of aid or give feed the crock brain as, as you've mm. been discussing. Yeah, you do. You can easily feed the crock brain with that kind of situation. You're not, you're not always going to get it right. I don't always get it right. My company doesn't always get it right. Mm-hmm. But when somebody says, Hey, look, I'm not happy with this or I'm not happy with that. That's your opportunity to say, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. I'm sorry that we've let you down. Mm-hmm. This is how we're going to try and repair the situation. And we're going to give you X, Y, Z on top as a goodwill gesture and yeah. make sure that we move things in the right direction because we want to reinforce and you as an entrepreneur, every entrepreneur wants to reinforce, you haven't made a wrong decision. We're still the company you thought we were when we signed, when you signed up with us mm-hmm. and want to, we want to make it right. And sometimes you have to ask what would make this right for you as opposed to kind of going in the back and forth, because whenever, I don't know about you, but whenever I want to make a complaint with a company about a service, I'm complaining with them about what they've done, but I'm thinking about everyone else who's done the same thing before. And so mm. unfortunately their relationship, that transactional conversation is now me coming in with my previous cat syndrome yeah. of, you know, previous <laughs> companies, but they don't realize that because they only dealing with the thing in front of them, but I'm dealing in my mind. And so as many customers, with the people who are the kinds of types of companies or who have let them down in the past. So it's really important to, to just think about the small stuff. Um, in my, the company I'm spending a lot of time building at the moment is um, promonation.co. Mm-hmm. And in that business, we have spent two years building out our internal training, um, building out every element, every step of every element to make sure everything can be done consistently and scalably. And so you have to look at your business really critically and say, what could go wrong? How can I prevent that from going wrong? Because there's a saying, if you don't have enough time to fix it later, mm-hmm. you won't, if you don't have enough time to do it right now, you won't have enough time to fix it later. Yeah. And so yeah. it's really important to make sure that you're focusing on really getting the small things. Cause that's the ones that people are going to notice to really be as seamless as possible. And um, I, I know I'm going on a bit, a bit here, but just on the last question, I said two of those points and somebody somewhere is counting going, she didn't say the three others. I'll just put <laughs> I, I just don't want to, I just don't want to do them. All right. Let me just say those three very quickly. It's commercial investigation. Yep. Uh, commercial investigation with that one, you got to think about the, can we do it without, them do we really need it so it's about being able to provide customer care live chat um answers to questions put up a page on the website 30 top reasons why you need this etc and just really make it easy when they start looking into your business to find what it is that they um that they need ideally when i'm talking to an agency and giving them advice about their business i'm saying minimize how much time you are adjusting and creating um, proposals for which you are not being paid. So yes. if you get as much of your commercial investigation stuff in a standardized format that anybody can uh, consume without giving the whole kit and caboodle away, because a lot of the time people are going to multiple different agencies, getting prices from everybody, getting the information of what everybody does, and then they're mm-hmm. doing it internally or finding someone cheap to do it. Yeah. So it's really important to try to not spend too much time over, um, um, overly spending time pitching. Um, so that was the commercial investigation one. The third, the fourth one is transactional intent. That's when somebody is truly interested in purchasing 
And now that's where you've got the last little FAQs that are relevant to purchasing. Mm. Follow up, making sure that your AR series supports transactional intent and um, getting approval, doing anything that it helps them to get approval. If you're selling to businesses or corporate, you've got to create documentation that makes it easy for somebody to take that to their boss or their manager. Yeah. And that's the, the transactional intent part. Just make it really easy for them to buy. It. And the final one was purchase complete. Just because somebody's giving you money doesn't mean that's the end of it. Think about the onboarding process. Yeah. So the so start that, of the relationship, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's just the start of it, really. So yeah, that's five. I don't want. I don't want any complaints. Okay, you've given you've given loads there. You've given no, loads no complaints there. here, Marcia. Holy moly! <laughs> no, no, no. I'm Actually, relaunching I'm... my business. He'll be talking to you afterwards. Um, <laughs> With you being CEO of ProOnation, which I think is a really brilliant name, actually, um, can you let us know, um, maybe in, an, in you know a nutshell, because like we could talk all day, um, what it is you try to offer at the end of the day for um, anyone coming to you? Yeah, ProOnation is a done-for-you marketing platform. So mm-hmm. the key thing is that we give businesses and brands really extensive marketing exposure and lead targeting. Um, instead of being, um, like a lot of other agencies who do social media marketing and a ton of other stuff, mm-hmm. we literally have three products. That's it. You can't buy anything else from us. We have three marketing deals mm-hmm. and those ones compile 20, 25, 30 different marketing campaigns, mini campaigns in one product. And so we have um, three different um, uh, marketing deals, which can suit most small business um, budgets. Yeah. And we will do it for them. So we will um, look for, for example, uh, there are half a billion um, tweets a day on Twitter, right? Yep. Wow. If, if your company, there's three, and there's 330 million active users on Twitter a month. So somewhere on there is your customer, Right. What we're looking for from a lead targeting standpoint is when are people having conversations that could peek them out to potentially be a good customer for you and in real time, pull that thread or that conversation and then let you have it so that you can jump in on a conversation. Hey, look, oh yeah, I hear what you're saying there. Here's mm-hmm. a free article that I did on the same topic or, um, yeah, that's really great. Um, I, I saw that you're, um, you're looking for something like this. I'd love to follow you. I followed you now. Um, I love you. I'm looking through your feed. You know, building relationships on a one-on-one basis is really, really valuable. Mm-hmm. So there's everything from that right through to, um, we do, um, outdoor billboards. So on highways and all over the place, um, all over the US. Uh, so like you're really- doing the, you're doing offline and online. Offline and online, yeah. um, 20 different simultaneous marketing campaigns. We've got a whole big team that are involved mm-hmm. in doing it. There's wow. no retainer. Uh, it's up to 90% less than it would cost at a big agency. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there's everything from PR, all kinds of stuff. There's loads of different mm-hmm. things all compiled in there. And so for us, what we were passionate about was, again, like I said, productizing what we know, mm-hmm. uh, that all of that intellectual property, because it, it's frustrating sometimes when you can share a lot of information. Ema and Philip, you know this, mm-hmm. you know your stuff. When you start telling people how to do it, they go off and then they lose steam, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. they don't actually get to see the results. I got sick of people losing steam. I was like, okay, fine. We're going to do something where they can just leverage my team mm-hmm. and my team. 
and that's essentially what we what we um, decided to do. I like that night, nice and simple, on point, just what you need, and no extra bells and whistles because you know that's not the whole point. You just want to get what you have to get done, and hopefully get the results at which you do. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And for for our citizens, we don't call our um, quote unquote clients clients. It's called Promo Nation. So naturally, we have citizens. Yeah, uh, I like that. Love, yeah. For our citizens, um, we really focus on um, helping them understand their business better, understanding their target market better, being able to um, create things that will help them to get their word out. Mm-hmm. Uh, loads of sponsorship opportunities, placement opportunities. This is so much that we do, and I'm really passionate about it. I came out of semi-retirement. I came out of my retirement to do mm-hmm. this. Wow. Um, and I'm proud of it. I'm really excited about it. Like, uh, like your passion is coming through the, the audio waves, Marsha, myself and Emer have literally, um, yeah. it's been a fascinating interview and we will definitely have to get you back on because there's so much more that we have to talk to you about. <laughs> like, like we literally, I think we have probably about maybe two minutes left, Marsha, and really just wanted to touch on, I suppose, two last things. Um, you're launching an exciting new initiative called Reciprocate. Could you tell us a little bit about that? And where would you like people to go to more than likely probably Twitter to get to know more Definitely. and get involved <laughs> in your community? <laughs> All right, I'll give you quick answers on that. To get in contact with me or to find me, I'm on Twitter. It's at Marsha Wright, which is M-A-R-S-H-A. W-R-I-G-H-T. So just find me on Twitter. And Promo Nation's website is www.promonation.co, not .com, C-O. Perfect. And then for Reciprocate, to answer that question, I'll do this in 35 seconds. Brilliant. Reciprocate is, we're in the early bird stage at the moment. Um, reciprocate network. The key focus for reciprocate is to help people get more exposure. So if you can imagine being part of a community of really talented, professional, uh, you know, passionate people who want to promote your brand, mm-hmm. um, and get the word out about your latest launch, your product, your service, article, contact music, whatever, whatever. Right. Yeah. You basically post a request and say, Hey, look, I'm launching this book. Can anybody help me promote it? And then people will bid and promote to promote it for you. Mm-hmm. Then in return, you will promote them. It is a environment specifically for reciprocating to give each other exposure. And it's not just on social media. It will be offline as well. It will be on WhatsApp because that's a great way for people to um, spread the word on any yes. project and all kinds of stuff. So that's the key thing. We're, we're in the building process. We've had a lot of people sign up already. And so it's at reciprocate.network. That is the website. There's no .com after it. Do you know, that, that's a great idea, especially yes, over the last yeah. 18 months with COVID and everything. You know, people are, you know, maybe dying on their laurels and they're not feeling maybe very motivated. And if you have some really... Uh, great people to be surrounded by and motivate you further and showcase you. Um, you know, so. Yeah, 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 definitely. So that's that's uh, that's my two things. Brilliant. I love talking to you guys. You're absolutely amazing. Thank oh, you so thanks much. Very much. There you we go, like, Philip. There you go. But you never hear that every day, do you? Never. <laughs> never. Never, not even once a year. So, Marsha, yeah. Marsha, he wants you back next week. Same time again next week, Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, well, Marsha, listen, it has been fantastic to yes. chat to you. Thank you so much for coming on. 
I loved it. Thank you for make, for having you guys. So, Arshi, we'll have to get you over to Ireland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah. good. I've been yeah. here once before. It's awesome. We'll, we'll show you the best places. Absolutely. Well, Marsha, thank you so much again. Um, and all I have to say now is if you enjoyed today's show, which no doubt you have, you can catch it again and all the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast, which is on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on the Dublin South FM website. So please do download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And all that is left to say is I've been Philip Twyford, the Curly Marketer. And I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media. And we'll see you again soon for more Let's Get Social. See you then. Bye.